Because miracles are hard to understand, many people don't accept that God created everything in six ordinary days. Instead, they believe that God used evolution to create. But is this possible? Stay tuned. Evolution is so impossible, it would take God's supernatural power to make it work, but would He do so? I think not. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. While the first chapter of Genesis clearly tells us that everything was created by God in six literal 24-hour days, many Christians feel the need to compromise their belief in a Creator God by mixing evolution into the truth of creation. But why would an all-powerful God need the process of evolution? Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we address the question, did God use evolution to create? Dr. Andrew Snelling is Director of Research at Answers in Genesis in Kentucky. He says in order to answer this question, we need to know what evolution really means. Well, we have to define our terms. Evolution, in effect, is no God, chance, random matter, for no reason, for no purpose, just things happening. We just call it naturalism. In other words, natural processes did everything. And so evolution on its own is, if you talk to the average evolutionist, he doesn't regard God as being part of the process. I mean, take Richard Dawkins in England. He taunts Christians who believe in evolution and add evolution to the Bible and says, why bring God into the equation when we, we can explain it all? Well, he thinks he can explain it by this chance, random natural processes. ICR President Dr. John Morris would agree and says no matter what secular scientists claim, a process that produces something out of nothing, apart from a miracle, is just out of the question. Evolution is so impossible, it would take God's supernatural power to make it work, but would he do so? I think not. The Bible is very explicit that God did not create by using evolution. He created things after their kind. It's like God in his mind knew what each basic kind of animal should look like. And when he got around to creating dogs, he created dogs after that kind and horses after that kind. And they did not come from one kind to another by morphing one kind into another. Evolution just didn't happen and God didn't use evolution. ICR biologist Dr. Gary Parker says, besides being an impossibility, evolution represents struggle and death, which is something God did not use in the six-day creation. A lot of people have the mistaken notion, and evolutionists love this, that evolution is somehow step-by-step, upward-onward progress, something that God might do. But when you understand what the evolutionary process is supposed to be, Millions of years of struggle and death, struggle and death for millions of years, until finally death wins. Darwin's war of nature, famine and death. We realize that that's not something that God would use to create things. In fact, it's not a creative process. It's a destructive process. And Dr. Snelling tells us that to use evolution to create would be totally against the very character and nature of God. How could a loving God use death and struggle the survival of nature red in tooth and claw. I mean, I like to look at it this way. If Jesus Christ was the creator, as the Bible says he was and is, if he had to use evolution, evolution is death and struggle over millions of years. That means Jesus had to allow death. He 
had no control over death in bringing man into existence. Yet how could he have control over death when he rose from the dead and conquered death? It doesn't make any sense. Dr. Morris. Would the God that's revealed in Scripture have used this process of evolution, this concept of evolution by natural selection, by survival of the fittest? Survival of the fittest really means the extinction of the unfit. Darwin said natural selection. The death, the extinction of all the different animals that went before have allowed man to to arise. In other words, death produced man. But the Bible says that it was very good in the beginning and that man's sin brought death. Well, did death produce man or did man uh, bring about death? These are opposite concepts. And the more we look at God's omniscience and his omnipotence, God knows what he wants and he's powerful enough to pull it off without waiting for billions of years to do so. And besides, the whole concept of survival of the fittest is incompatible with the character of God. The way God thinks, the way God is, is this loving, merciful, gracious God. And, And where would God's love be in this evolutionary process? It's really a concept of death and extinction. But in evolution, the survival of the fittest. In Christianity, it's the death of the most fit to allow the unfit to survive. That, that's Jesus Christ dying on the cross for me. That's God's grace. That's the character of God. That's incompatible with the evolutionary concept. We can see that God in his omnipotence did not use evolution to create, but spoke the worlds into existence and formed man from the dust of the ground all in just six days. While on earth, Jesus Christ gave us examples of his instantaneous creation back in Genesis by the miracles he performed in the New Testament. Dr. Snelling explains. What's the difference between Jesus standing up in a boat on the Sea of Galilee and with a word, instantly we read there was a great calm from a raging storm to a a mill pond in an instant. Now, if Jesus can do that in a word in front of witnesses, what's the difference with Jesus saying back in Genesis, let there be light, and immediately there was light? He didn't have to hang around for for hours for the storm to die down. He didn't have to wait for millions of years for the light to appear. It says, and it was so. It was instant. That's the language in Genesis speaking of God's creation. Evolution And the millions of years go hand in hand because you don't see things changing from one thing into another today instantly unless God does it instantly. Natural processes, slow and gradual today, it won't happen. And so there's no way I can read evolution in the Bible at all. I read the Bible and see God says it and it happens. A loving God. But why are so many Christians falling for the lie of evolution? Why don't they just take God at his word? Dr. Parker says much of the problem has to do with pride. You know, in the first century, if a Christian stood up for Jesus Christ and the authority of God's word, you got crucified upside down, boiled in oil, tossed to the lions, burned at the stake. What happened to the church? It grew and prospered and conquered the Roman Empire. In the 21st century, if you stand up for Jesus Christ and the authority of God's Word, the six days of creation 6,000 years ago, people just laugh at you. What do Christians do? They just melt. It's a very effective technique. A lot of us can remember a time when we'd rather be dead than be laughed at. It's a very effective technique. God warned us about it. And so this pride, it's part of the sin of pride. 
that we want academic respectability. We want other people to think we're smart. We become pleasers of men rather than pleasers of God. And it's powerful. And Dr. Parker warns that having this pride will negatively affect our children. Christian compromisers that have left God's world in the hands of the evolutionists, in spite of the evidence that favors creation, are really making it hard for the next generation. You know, young people are smart. They're going to catch on. Well, if evolution's true and evolution produced God, evolution works whether there's a God or not, why do I need to live by God's standards? Can't I make up my own rules like all the evolutionists around me are doing? It's a deadly philosophy. But what about sincere Christians who are genuinely confused by this mixing of the two worldviews? Dr. Parker says instead of accepting theistic evolution, the best thing to do is to take a stand for the Word of God. The words of men are ever-changing. and The words of men who weren't there at the beginning, who don't know everything, who've made lots and lots of mistakes, who care for us very little. And we have a choice of believing the ever-changing words of men or the never-changing word of the living God who was there at the beginning, who does know everything, who doesn't make mistakes, and who cares for us a great deal. So it's really a matter of uh, where we're going to put our trust. We all live by faith. The evolutionists live by faith. He has no record of the past at all. We have the biblical record of the past. We can check it out in the present. Evolutionists can only make up ideas about the past. They check them out in the present. But every time they check them out, they fail. They're falsified over and over again. And so standing on the Word of God is a sure foundation. We can begin with that and then apply it to wider and wider circles and depths of understanding of God's world. And boy, oh boy, what a richness. In a way, that's where happiness comes from. It's when faith and fact and feeling are all in harmony. And that wonderful feeling of joy forever is only available to those who will take God at his word and live it. Dr. Morris. To my Christian brothers and sisters who were struggling with this issue of did God use evolution to create, I want to remind you that really evolution didn't happen. All the evidence that we can find in science seems to support the creation idea. Just like what the Bible says, that God created each basic category of plant or animal after that kind. That's what we see in, in science. But then also the, the very character of God is slandered by the idea of survival of the fittest and death and extinction brought man. Uh, this is incompatible with, with God's character. And even the salvation doctrine, the idea of salvation through Jesus Christ on the cross is interrupted. It's like the rug is pulled out from under the cross if evolution were true. No, Christians, this is not an option. We really can't believe in theistic evolution. Dr. Snelling tells us that it really is a sad and unnecessary thing to be trapped in an evolutionary mindset. He says the gospel message of Jesus Christ can free people from this depressive way of thinking. Jesus, the Creator, came to this earth to show us what God is like, demonstrated that He is God by what He did, and then He broke through that suffering and that pain. He took the same pain, the same suffering. He paid the ultimate price for our rebellion when God laid on him our rebellion, our sin, our wickedness. He suffered that for us, but then he conquered it all. He conquered death, rose from the dead, and that's the wonderful good news. And the tragedy is that those who put their faith in evolution 
will never know that love. They'll never know the liberation from the judgment of God because we're told that there's two ways. There's the broad way that leads to destruction. There's the narrow way which leads to life. The broad way is following the world's thinking about evolution where there's no hope for the future. The narrow way is accepting Jesus Christ, the creator, as your personal saviour and having a hope in, in eternity with him, which is what he's promised. That's the choice we have to make. Are we going to put our faith in God, the creator, or the words of men about the past, about, who don't know everything, who weren't there, who say that we got here without God? That's the simple choice. One leads to death, the other leads to life. Choose life. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.